0: Good morning everyone, hope you're well, excuse me, Well, it's a great joy to be here with you to open up God's word together. Um, Shall we pray as we begin and just look to the Lord for his help. Father your word is good, it's ever faithful, worth more than gold, the heart's delight. Your word gives life to all who hear and obey, your word endures forever. Father, our our earnest prayer this morning is that your word would be all these wonderful things to us. Please engage with us now as we come to you. Please pour out your mercy on us. Would we see the glory of Jesus in your word today? We pray in his name. Amen. Well, I do keep um, that passage open in the Bible, and uh, hopefully you also have a little handout to help we guide where we're going. <clears throat> well, my question as we start is, uh, I just wonder, how, how, good, how good are you at remembering things? Now, before you look accusingly at the person sitting next to you, um, I want to admit to you that I'm terrible <laughs> at remembering things, um, and it's getting worse. Um, I have this little phrase, unless it's written down, it's not going to happen. Uh, one time I was sent down to the shops, actually this happened quite recently, it's a bit embarrassing, Um, just to get two things, milk and bread. What did I come back with? Milk. (laughs) One out of two ain't bad, I suppose. Um, So I don't know about you, but I've had to develop all kinds of skills to help me remember things. Sorry, guys, could you just turn me down a little bit? That would be lovely. Thank you. Uh, All sorts of systems to help me remember. Phone reminders, Alexa reminders, calendar reminders. Uh, my garage reminds me about servicing my car. My doctor's surgery reminds me about picking up a pharmacy prescription. Uh, even Moonpig, <laughs> the online card sellers, uh, reminds me of people's birthdays. Um, and I think I'm not alone in this. Um, uh, what, quite recently, a parent of a small child um, told me the story of how they were overhearing their young son sort of doing imaginative play next door. And they overheard the young son uh, speak into his imaginary iPhone, saying, Siri, remind me to pick up the shopping. <laughs> now, I guess, you know, in life, that's just part of life, isn't it? And there's stuff that we forget, and it doesn't really matter. But there are some things in life that it's really vital to remember, aren't there? Some things that it's, we cannot afford to forget. Like, for example, going abroad what do you need to bring? That's the one thing, right? You cannot afford to to leave that behind. Well, my question for us today is, well, what about as Christians? Is there something so vital to remember that we simply cannot afford to forget it? And if so, what is it? Well, I think it's contained in in our verse today. If you just look down, it's like a key verse for us. Chapter 13, verse 3, if you look down with me, Look what it says, then Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you came out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, for by a strong hand the Lord brought you out from this place. What's going on here? Well, these words were said by Moses, the servant of God, to the people of God, the Israelites, on probably one of the most significant days that ever happened in the history of Israel the day of the Exodus. The day that actually the whole of, if you've been joining us throughout this series, the the day that the whole of the book of Exodus has been building up towards, the day when God rescued his people out of slavery in Egypt and through the rescue of the Passover lamb. God says this day, above all other days in their past, present or future, this is the day, the day of the Exodus, they are to remember. Remember they were always to remember it, not just in their own generation, but on and on in all generations down through time. They were to remember this rescue. In fact, so concerned was God that his people would remember this rescue that he was even telling them how they were going to remember it before they'd even left. (laughs) Amazing. Now, that word remember is actually hugely significant in the book of Exodus. Um, it's not simply about remembering something that slipped your mind. Um, it's, it's, It's about calling something to the forefront of your mind so that it affects everything you do. So bringing something to bear on how you act and think and live. To remember in the Bible is to let something shape your whole direction in life. Does that make sense? So previously in Exodus, you may remember that God... God was the one who remembered his covenant with his, people, with his people. It's not saying that, oh, he slipped his mind, whoops, forgot about that. What it's saying is that God remembered his covenant in such a way that he was now bringing it to the front of his mind, that it was now um, affecting what God was doing in the world. And so when God says to his people, I want you to remember this rescue, do you see what he's saying? He's not saying, don't let it slip your mind, because, you know, everything slips my mind eventually, he's saying, let this be so much at the forefront of your mind and life that it, it affects everything you do, the whole direction of your life. That's what it means to remember. So they were to remember the rescue in this way. As they think about who God is, they were to remember this day, the day of the rescue of God. That was to shape their entire thinking and life going forward. And how does that apply to us as Christians today? Well, I think it's exactly the same message for us today. We, too, need to remember the rescue. But it's not the rescue of the exodus out of Egypt. No, it's something far greater. It's something that actually the whole exodus was pointing towards which is the rescue of God that was in Jesus Christ. That's what it was all leading towards. That picture of rescue out of slavery in Egypt, it was just a small picture of the rescue that God would bring from slavery to sin. How was it done through a Passover lamb as the the lamb was sacrificed and took the judgment of God to protect all those that, that obeyed and trusted in it? So too, we trust in the Lord Jesus, the Lamb of God who was slain for the sins of the world. So when we are told to remember the rescue, we think of Jesus. We think of the cross. We think of the gospel. Another way a way of saying to us, remember the rescue, is keep the gospel central. Keep it so much at the forefront of your mind that it shapes your entire life. Remember the rescue. Well, as we look back at the passage, I've got a couple of questions for us which I think will help us uh, chart the way through. Whose job, firstly, whose job, whose responsibility was it for the people to remember the rescue? Whose responsibility would it be? That's the first question. And the second question is how were they to remember it? How were they supposed to remember this rescue, not just in their generation? But on and on down through the generations. So the first question is, and it's there in Rashid, who should remember it? Answer, all of God's people. This is the section, chapter 12, 43 to 51. So as we look at this section, um, it's really, uh, God is talking about the institution of this yearly Passover festival. And who is given the the task of keeping it? Or is it just Moses and the, the tribal leaders? Uh, of Israel? No, it was to be every single household in Israel. Every single person in every house was to keep this Passover meal every year. Actually, it does tell us, doesn't it, that it wasn't... To all of God's people, which actually included outsiders. Did you notice that? Outsiders who had joined themselves to God's people as the males took on the sign of circumcision... But the the point is clear. It's all of God's people. Every single person within that community was to remember it. Not just the job of the leaders. The job of every single person. Just look at verse 47. I think that underlines it for us. All the congregation of Israel shall keep it. I think this is really significant. but It it reminds us that remembering the rescue that was provided at the cross of Jesus is the responsibility of the whole church, every single Christian believer. We can't simply outsource that responsibility to someone else. We can't outsource it to our leaders or to big-name preachers and authors. We can't outsource that responsibility to remember it to our institutions or to the FIEC. Important as they all are, And as they have a responsibility absolutely to keep remembering the cross, actually it's all our responsibility. It's all our responsibility to remember the rescue and to keep the gospel central. As I was reflecting this, it did strike me that actually false teachers will never gain traction in a church where every single person is remembering the rescue and delighting in the cross. That's just not going to happen. Where they gain traction is often where the people have forgotten because they've outsourced the responsibility to someone else. So who should remember it? Who should remember the rescue? Answer, all of us. All of us are responsible for keeping the gospel central in our lives and in the life of the church. But secondly, how were God's people, how were they to remember it? And in this passage, there are two ways. And I put that there on the, <clears throat> on the sheet. Firstly, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, verses 3 to 10. Now, this Feast of Unleavened Bread, um, every year, um, every person in the household was to keep the Passover meal, as we know, but then it was followed by seven days uh, called the Feast of Unleavened Bread, where uh, you may r- vaguely remember this from uh, a series that we did in festivals, Feasts feast and festivals back in February. Don't worry if you can't remember, I barely do. (laughs) But this this was the idea. For seven days they were to have the Feast of Unleavened Bread where they weren't to eat uh, any bread that was leavened. In fact, no leaven was allowed to be in any of their houses. Seems a rather strange sort of practice, isn't it? What's the problem with leaven? Well, the, the whole idea of the Feast of Unleavened Bread was that it was supposed to be a reminder that as the people left Egypt, they didn't have time to leaven their bread. Um, Such was the the haste, the rush, uh, when God finally acted to bring them out of Egypt. Um, And and just look how concerned God was that this yearly Passover festival, followed by the Feast of Unleavened Bread, would be passed down from generation to generation. Just look at verse 8 of chapter 13 with me. Just look at this. You shall tell your son on that day, it is because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. I love how personal that is, don't you? Um, it's what the Lord did for me when he brought me out of Egypt. Um, you see, I think what, what it's saying is, is that God wanted to guard against the possibility that this Passover festival uh, and this unleavened bread stuff would ever just become an empty ritual yeah he didn't want it to become meaningless he wanted it to be filled with meaning as 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 parents pass down to their their sons and daughters it's because of what the lord did for me loaded with meaning and thankfulness and praise to god for his great rescue see this yearly festival was designed to be a huge reminder to the people of God, which would then help, uh, help them to remember it throughout the whole year. So just have a look down verses 9 and 10 with me. Verses 9 and 10. It shall be to you as a sign on your hand and as a memorial between your eyes that the law of the Lord may be in your mouth. For With a strong hand, the Lord has brought you out of Egypt. You shall therefore keep this statute at its appointed time from year to year. This really reminded me, do you, know, do you have people, friends who would write a reminder with a pen, a biro, on the back of their hand? Uh, do you know people do that? It's probably not very good for your skin. Yeah, who knows? Um, but that's like, in, in verse 9, this reminder on, on the back of your hand, that, that's the idea. That it's not just something that was to be once a year. It's, it's ongoing. It's like written on the back of the hand. And then do you see... Um, the memorial between your eyes in verse 9. I always think of, um, do you have friends who stick post-it notes on their computer screen? One! <laughs> I think that's what's happening. This is the idea that this reminder is always to be in the forefront of their, their minds, right in front of their eyes. And what's the purpose of it that his people would do this and remember this? Well, verse uh, 9 and 10, do you see it says, so that the law of the Lord may be in your mouth? The purpose of remembering was proclamation, was that the law of the Lord be on their mouths as they speak to others of the greatness of God. So that's the first way the Israelites to remember the rescue is through this yearly Passover meal and the feast of unleavened bread. But second, The second way that his people to remember the rescue was this idea of consecrating the firstborn. Now this was a bit more mysterious to me. I didn't know this so well. So I hope I can share some helpful thoughts with you. This is verses 11 to 16. Just look at God's instruction to his people. Actually, first of all, chapter 13, verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both of man and of beast, is mine. And then just flick with your eyes to verse 11 of chapter 13. Same idea. When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, as he swore to you and your fathers, and shall give it to you, you shall set apart to the Lord all that first opens the womb. All the firstborn of your animals, that are males, shall be the Lord's. It goes on then to explain in that, in that paragraph uh, what that looks like. So Verse 13, uh, the firstborn males of the livestock, the animals, should, eat, should, be, should be offered to the Lord. They needed to be redeemed with, a, with the sacrifice of a lamb. If not, they were to die. And then also, not just the, the livestock, but actually their firstborn sons, they were also to be redeemed. And, a, and, a, um, uh, and an offering set at, at, the, uh, at the temple. Now, what was the purpose of all this? Why consecrate the firstborn? Well, have a look in verse 14. Similar idea coming through. It was a teaching thing. And when in time to come, your son asks you, what does this mean? You shall say to him, by a strong hand, the Lord has brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. For when Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of animals. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all the males that first opened the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. So do you see that this consecration of the firstborn was, it was designed by God as a way to, for the people to remember how Pharaoh refused to let Israel go, and, and Israel was called God's firstborn son, And how the final plague, do you remember that final plague, the angel of death, how uh, it took the life of every firstborn in Egypt that was not protected by the blood of the Passover lamb. So this whole thing would be just a constant reminder um, of the rescue of God out of Egypt. So what actually really struck me from this was you know how the Passover meal would be once a year? But this consecration of the firstborn would be happening all the way through the year. They lived in a sort of, you know, animal-based economy, right? They'd be having firstborns all the time, so this this idea of these sacrifices would be going on all the time, and in family life too. You know, every time there's a firstborn in the family, there would be praise and, a, and a, an offering to God. So, so it's, it's a sort of beautiful. If you put it all together. It's because this beautiful picture of God designing things so that his people would remember, not just once a year, but actually all the way through the year. It would sort of be woven into the fabric of life as God's people. Remember the rescue. Remember the rescue. Remember the rescue. I guess for us as Christians today, we too have a yearly reminder of the cross, uh, the rescue of the cross at Easter, right? That's great. We should celebrate it. But also, we want to be reminded, not just think of the cross one day a year. No, it's to be woven into the very fabric of our lives. So that, it's not just one one day a year, but actually, uh, well, the way we do it here is once every half-term, we we celebrate communion together, where we remember, again, the death of the Lord Jesus for our sins. Not only once every half-term, but every week, as we come to God's Word, Every passage of the Bible points to Jesus. There's a children's Bible where the subheading is Every Story Whispers His Name. And I love that because it just reminds us that actually every story, no matter how far back in the Old Testament it is, in some way whispers Jesus' name, whispers the Gospel to us. It brings out another angle of God's work. So every week as we come to God's Word and hear it preached, but actually also every day we need to be thinking and reminding ourselves of the gospel as we, as we read the Bible perhaps on our own, in our personal quiet times, as we, as we speak to one another in our households and remind each other of the goodness of God in Jesus and point one another to him. Do You see how this isn't just a once-a-year thing? This is an everyday thing. I was... Um, I, well, me and the, the staff team we were in Blackpool recently. Um, nice place to go. It's good. Uh, we were up there for the uh, FIC uh, Leaders Conference, and one thing we forgot to get. What did we forget to get, Rich? Do you remember? He said, "I've forgotten to get it." Amy really wanted it. Rock, <laughs> rock, right? Now, the cool thing about rock, as you'll know, is that there's often a word. Blackpool. And no matter where you cut it, it always says the word, Blackpool, right? It runs through the whole thing. And that just reminded me, that, like this, as we remember the rescue, that's like the stick of rock. We want to remember that the rescue all the way through are our lives, personally and as a church. We want to keep the gospel central. What also struck me from these beautiful verses in the Bible was this idea of Just God's design for families, passing it down from generation to generation. Um, And so I just wanted to say a word just to encourage Christian parents, if there are any here today, I know there are many, just to be making the most of the opportunity that God has given you to pass down the gospel to the next generation, to disciple your children. They encourage them to ask questions about why we do things the way we do at church. Um, And be explaining the faith to them so that they might might see and and also remember the rescue just as we're doing. And that they might then pass pass the gospel down to the next generation after them, right? But hang on a minute. Let's just take a step back and ask the question, why? Why is there such an emphasis for God's people to remember this rescue? You might have thought, well, actually, how could they possibly forget Right? If you were in Egypt and you'd been rescued out of Egypt through God coming with ten massive plagues and then you'd seen the sea part and you go through, are you going to forget that quickly? The shocking thing is, they did. And I think, aren't we sort of the same? We've seen the greater miracle in Jesus coming to earth. 2,000 years ago. We've we've, we've seen through the pages of Scripture his life, his miracles, his words, his teaching, things into which angels long to to gaze into. And yet how quickly do we forget the goodness of God in Jesus? I know I do, all the time. I'm constantly shocked by how quickly I remember, how, how quickly I forget the rescue. Particularly, and maybe this is the same as you, particularly when pressures come and cares of the world mount up, when worries flood in and anxieties maybe about our children or elderly parents, when suffering comes and it's painful and it's almost like the clouds of suffering sort of obscure our view of of God's goodness in the rescue. When carefully laid plans... All go wrong, and the dream turns into a nightmare. When we get jealous, maybe of what other people have, and we sort of turn our lives into a quest to acquire what they have. All these sorts of things can cause us to get spiritual amnesia. It can cause us to forget the rescue that we have in Jesus. I think of it this way. Um, once heard an illustration. Do you, you know you know a two p coin? We're a cashless society now, so like, when's the last time you held a two p coin? How idea. But anyway, you know, you know, two p coin. You know, what's the size of it? Probably about that, would you say? Um, and then you compare that to the size of the sun. It, you know, the big, <laughs> the big shiny thing in the sky. How big is the sun? I actually don't have the figure on me, but it's big. Now. The thing is though if you get this 2p coin and you hold it up to your eye close enough you can actually it appears bigger than the sun in the sky doesn't it and the idea is that the problems we have the pressures we face we know they're not as important as the gospel it's just that they're close it's just that they're on us it's just that they're immediate and, and, and it comes sometimes going to obscure God's goodness in the gospel. And that's how it feels often when problems come. So that's why we all need to hear the message of Exodus 12 and 13. We all need to remember the rescue that we have in Jesus. And actually not just individually, but to be part of a church family that points one another to that rescue. Because we forget. Not just as individuals, as I was saying, but also as 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 a church, we too can drift into forgetfulness. As a as a church, you know, I think there are many ways that churches can can subtly drift away um, into forgetfulness. And, and I think I was just thinking about this. I, I wonder if the sort of the root problem, when, when churches no longer keep the gospel central, is when we forget what the real problem is. You see, if we as a church forget that the real problem is our sin and our broken relationship with God, then we'll get the solution wrong as well. Does that make sense? So, Think about the medical people here, right? If you, if you get the diagnosis wrong, you'll offer the wrong cure. Is that right? Good. hoping medical people will nod at me. But that's true in a spiritual sense, too. If we diagnose the problem of the world in the wrong way, if we forget that the main problem is sin and God's judgment on that sin and our broken relationship with God, then we won't offer the cross as the ultimate solution. We might offer something else. Do you see? And so I think that's one way in in which it subtly happens, that we we forget the goodness, we forget the rescue, because we've forgotten what the real problem is and therefore what the real solution is. You know, I I do sometimes think it's so easy to be complacent as a church. You know, sometimes we can slightly have the attitude, we're lions down, we're all about the gospel, we could never forget it, could we? Well... All it takes is one generation, right? One generation where we slightly forget what the real problem is and what the real solution is. We forget to pass it down to the next generation. And one generation away, they've forgotten it completely. So I think that should humble us. I think that should really humble us today. You know, we've got... a. We've got a massively challenging year coming up, haven't we, as a church? Just reflecting on that this week. Massive building project, a review to implement, logistics of uh, moving locations, not to mention the madness of Christmas, (laughs) just coming around the corner. In all that busyness and all that planning, it's going to be easy to forget the main thing, isn't it? Forget the goodness of God and the rescue. Forget why we're really here. And that's why we need this message today. We need to remember the rescue. So let's be praying from this point that God, particularly this year, particularly as we head into 2024, let's be praying that God would help us by his grace to remember his rescue as individuals and as a church, that we'd be like a stick of rock where the cross would run all through our lives and all of our ministries, so that the word of God might be in our mouths, and so that we might tell for the coming generations all that the Lord has done for us. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for that wonderful and glorious rescue that we have in the Lord Jesus, in his death and resurrection. Father, we are so sorry that we're so quick to forget especially when hard times come, especially when suffering comes, or we get so busy, help us to remember the rescue that we may tell the coming generations of your grace. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.